lesson this morning is going to be on uh, certain things that happen in life, life circumstances. Um, and whenever we have life circumstances, uh, one of the things um, that we can be sure of and, and is our solid foundation is our relationship with God. And as Christians, uh, that is what we are defined by, our relationship with the Lord. Because we, we have to remember He most uh, assuredly knows us. And the question is, how much do we know Him? How often do we choose Him over other things in our life? Um, do we lay our hearts at His feet in prayer every day, giving ourselves over to Him? And who do we run to or what do we run to when we have problems and distresses in our life? You know, there might be people that we talk to, but who is it when nothing can be done? Who is it that we run to? Because the one that can make something happen or can do something about that pain is our Lord God. And the question is, is that is it only when times are bad that we run to our, our Lord and Savior, our great God? Or is it the times when things are really good that we also run to Him in prayer and thanksgiving for the things that are, are so pleasant and beautiful in our life? And I guess the ultimate question is, are we dependent upon Him? We know that throughout uh, the Bible, even in the beginning when the children were going through the wilderness, God led them by a cloud of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire at night. He's only ever wanted us to be dependent upon Him because He will supply all things. In Matthew 11:28, it says, Come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. In Hebrews 12:2, the example that we follow says, Jesus Christ says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Well, brothers and sisters, if we follow Christ in his examples, one day we too might be in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Almighty God. See, how we go about that, though, is dealing with life circumstances, the time frame that we are given, the lifetime that we are given while we are here. And it's all about the choices that we make, and it's a series of choices. Uh, and we make choices every day. Some only affect us. Other choices affect many other people as well. And here's the truth that the life that we live as we follow Jesus, there are going to be others, maybe even little ones, that are trying to follow us. So the question is, when we don't know what to do, instead of making things worse by taking things on ourselves and doing perhaps the wrong thing or what we see fit, what we must do is accept and do the things that are fitting before the Lord. We all have difficulties, wants, needs, and situations to deal with. Uh, we can't be angry, bitter, hard-hearted, or because of it. Um, I personally would like to be better looking. <laughs> I might like to have uh, some hair, you know, or uh, perhaps maybe I would want a, a better physique or maybe not as many uh, health concerns in my life or maybe not as many financial issues or maybe some people in my life that I wish were a little different but our our character though is defined by how we respond to these things uh, when life isn't exactly what we want it to be uh, 
What do we do about the constant grading issues of situations, maybe the injustices? If you would, turn over with me to 1 Samuel this morning. I haven't always looked at this scripture the same way, um, but as going and studying for this lesson, I found many things that were very uh, touching in heart. Here we have uh, a young lady named Hannah, and we'll begin the reading in verses uh, uh, 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 11. Now there was a certain man named Mathan Zophim from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerome the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, the Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. But Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man would go up from the city yearly to worship to the sacrifice Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. When one day came Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year, and often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her, and she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep, and why do you not eat, and why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting in the tent by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but I but will I give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. This is a situation where this young woman is being constantly, it says, irritated. I think it was a lot more than that. You know, being in a situation when it happens year after year after year, feeling like you can't get out of it and that things don't change and they just keep happening. And sometimes, even when others try to comfort us, we can still find ourselves out of sorts. You know, but as we have said, what we choose to do about it says a lot about who we are. So let's continue the reading. Now, it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was a drunk. Then Eli said to her, How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah replied, No, my Lord, I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. She said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Have you ever had those types of prayers where there's something that is not passing you by that you constantly have to deal with that is is not going away? But have you ever done what it says here? Where you, I mean, sometimes I I, I pray, but maybe I'm I'm not speaking. But 
I don't know if my lips are moving, but I'm praying within myself. But that thing about being oppressed in spirit and pouring out your soul, those things are so tender to God. You know, as a father, I look down at my children and when they're hurting and when they're upset, and especially the ones who, who can't speak, I mean, what is it that you can do? You know, but imagine our Almighty Father in, in heaven listening to his child. And we and she was weeping bitterly. I can only imagine what the Lord might be thinking. Or, you know, I don't even assume to be able to do something like that. But um, I know whenever it said that she had made a vow before the Lord. Sometimes I've done that. I I, I would have to study up more on making a vow so I don't uh, uh, think that I'm a um, know a lot about that but I know that I've done it I've said you know Lord God when I'm weeping bitterly and I'm sorrowful in heart I'm pressed in spirit and I'm laying before him and maybe I'm just I'm sobbing can't even speak but the words come out of my mouth dear Lord if you would only if you would only and there isn't there normally a, a second part to that? I will. How many times do we say things like that but then don't think about it afterwards? You know, whenever we think about things like that and we're praying to God, we must make sure that we're paying attention to the things that we are saying. If you would, please turn over to Ecclesiastes five. In Ecclesiastes five. Let me get it right. Ecclesiastes 5. Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 through 7. It says there, Guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near and listen rather to off sacrifices of fools, for they do not know what they are doing evil. Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For the dream comes through much effort and the voice of a fool through many words. When you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it. For he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better for you that you not vow than you should, not, that you should vow and not pay. Do not let your speech cause you to sin and do not say in the presence of the messenger of God that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry on account of your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For in many dreams and in many words there is emptiness. Rather, fear God. You know, it says that Hannah was going through this year after year. And every time she was going through this, she was going up to the house of God. And that's when it was happening. That's when she was being ridiculed like this. I think maybe she thought about it a little bit. The petition that she was going to bring before God. I wish sometimes I would think more before I speak whenever I'm talking to God. But here is, is something that she's thought about. And I believe that she's depending on the Lord. She's depending on the Lord. And when she was saying this, it's amazing the things that she, that she says to our God. That's, so again, uh, reading again in verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned again to the house in Ramah. And Elkanah had 
relations with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. It came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Then the man Elkanah went up with all his household to offer to the Lord yearly and sacrifice and pay his vow. But Anna did not go up, for she had said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned. Then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and stay there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems good to you. Remain until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord confirm his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with a three-year-old bull and one apeth of flour and a jug of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, although the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the boy to Eli. She said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition what I have asked of him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. You know, it's amazing how much she wanted a child and how much she must have loved this child. And she pays her vow. She takes him and she places him in the temple so that he can worship the Lord there. It's just amazing how how she wanted this so much, but she is willing so much because she loves the Lord the way that she does and because what he has done for her that she is willing to have this child separated from her. I don't know if y'all have been separated from your your children if you have children or if your children separated from your parents but I know it, it hurts and I want to be back with my kids when I'm away from them. In uh, chapter 2 Hannah gives a prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord. The Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My, my horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one holy beside, there is no one beside you. Nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more very, so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge and with Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are shattered but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread, and those who were hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren gives birth to seven, but she has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with the nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he set the world on them. He keeps the feet of his godly ones, but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them he will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth, and he will give strength to, to his king, and will exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went to his home in Ramah, but the boy ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. How grateful are we about the things that God has given us? 
I know that we all can say here that we've been in dire circumstances and situations and somehow the hand of the Lord has moved and I know personally that I've, I have seen it. I'm on the other side of some things that have gone on and I should give more thanks and gratitude to the Lord because I'm also in the middle of some things that are going on. And now am I praying to Him and am I bringing everything to Him the way that this young Hannah has brought her petitions before the Lord. You know, how do we see ourselves? Do we see ourselves as humble and contrite? What is the state of our soul? What are our actions through the lifetime that we are given? Because, you know, God is watching. And it is how that we are seen and perceived in this world by others, but how our hearts are connected to Him through the love of Jesus. How much do we talk about Jesus? How much do we appreciate Jesus? We had the Lord's Supper here just a few moments ago. How is it that we see ourselves in light of the cross? When we reflect on those things each first day of the week, do we carry that into the rest of the week? And carry it with us and to continue to look at ourselves. You know, it said earlier that she asked Eli not to consider her a worthless woman. There are many times in my life when I can say that I've felt like I was worthless. And every one of those times was because I was out of the relationship with God that I now so dearly treasure. You know, everything will always be all right if we have God. But it will never be all right if we don't. If we don't have that relationship. It's the only thing that really matters in life. Everything else is given to us by God. The people that we love, the people that come, the people that go. It is all by God's hand. And as we'll see here, God is always working. As Samuel is dedicated to the temple, let's see what happens as this uh, story continues. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. And the custom of the priest with the people, when any man was offering a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come and while the meat was boiling with a three-palm fork in his hand, then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle and cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. Thus they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give me the priest's meat for roasting, as he will not take boiled meat from you, only raw. If the man said to him, They must surely burn the fat first, then take as much as you desire, then he would say, No, but you shall give it to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Thus the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men despised the offering of the Lord. One question, who are these men? Aren't they priests? Aren't they the sons of Eli? Supposedly dedicated to the Lord, their lifespan, their lifetime in service to God Almighty? 
There were things and ways in place that they were supposed to go about their business. Every bit of the temple was put in order the way that God wanted it to be put in order. So many had made sure that this would happen. But in the house of Eli, the priest, his sons, they were blaspheming God by the way they went about their work, by the things that they were doing. In stark difference, we read in verse 18, Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephod. And his mother would make him a little robe and bring it to him year after year when she would come up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children from this woman in the place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And they went to their own house. The Lord visited Hannah and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters and the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. What did Hannah ask for when she prayed to God? When she poured out her soul? Did she ask for a house full of children? Or did she ask for one? She asked for one so she could give him to the Lord. And she paid her vow. (laughs) And God does more. He always does more than what we ask. What should we be grateful for? The things that we ask for? Or even more for the things that God blesses us with that we didn't even ask for, that He just knew that we needed or wanted, or He just wanted to lavish His love upon us. But yet these other men that were serving in His house who had given them a life, had given them a way to be fed, had given them to be in front of Him and service to Him, they were... They were treating him like nothing. Verse 22. Now Eli was very old and he heard the sons were doing uh, were all that his sons were doing in Israel and how they lay with the women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He said to them, Why do you do such things, the evil things that I hear from all these people? No, my sons, for the report is not good which I hear the Lord's people circulating. If one man sins against another, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for the Lord desired to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel was growing in stature and in favor both with the Lord and with men. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not indeed reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt and bondage to Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose from all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to carry an ephod before me? Did I not give to the house of your father all the fire offerings and the sons of Israel? Why do you kick against my sacrifice and at my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling, and honor the sons above me by taking yourself fat with the choices of every offering of my people Israel? Therefore the Lord of God of Israel declares... I did indeed say that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me for those who do not honor me. For those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming when I will break your strength and the strength of your father's house, so there will not be an old man in your house. 
You will see the distress of my dwelling in spite of all the good that I do for Israel, and an old man will not be in your house forever. Yes, I will cut you off every man of yours from my altar. Yes, I will, I will not cut off every man of yours from my altar so that your eyes will fail from weeping and your soul grieve, and all the increase of your house will die in the prime of life. This will be a sign to you which will come concerning your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. On the same day, both of them will die. You see, God's wrath will not languish forever. And we can take a good lesson about our own lives. Remember I said I'm not praying like I should sometimes. I'm not laying everything before God. You know, I better have incremental increases in my prayer. I better have incremental increases in my devotion to the Lord. I better have incremental increases in how I depend on Him. Because what if He's upset with me? These are very, you say, atrocious actions against God. But is one sin greater than another? No. This seems really bad. So what can I say about me not being exactly what I should be in the house of God? It's as bad as that. Laying with the women at the front of the temple, taking what is, what is not mine in the house of God? <laughs> with all His love and mercy, if I'm not giving Him back everything and more that He gives me, just like He gives more than what I ask for, then who am I? What am I before God? I am worthless. Just like these men. And it should break our hearts. Because that's what it's doing to God. When your children do something willfully against you, against everything that you have given them, doesn't it break your heart? Even the itty bitty ones. When you tell them, don't, come here. And they don't listen. Doesn't it break your heart that they're not listening to you? That they don't esteem you highly? That they don't have respect for you? God's love and mercy for us is astounding. And in this it's even astounding because even in this declaration that He has given to Eli, there is mercy. There's mercy for Eli. Verse 35, But I'll raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and in my soul, and I will build him an enduring house, and he will, he will walk before my anointed always. Everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver or a loaf of bread and say, Please assign me to one of the priest's offices so that I may eat a piece of bread. You see, these men were taking the office they were giving, given and they were abusing it. But here it says they are going to beg to have the job, to beg to be before the Lord and beg for the things, the very menial things that they need to survive because they had done this against God. But even in that, isn't the Lord still merciful?
chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. It happened that at that time Eli was laying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim, and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, I had to, whenever I was reading this for myself uh, in, in preparing for this lesson, uh, I, had, I had to stop reading right here for a minute and just take that in. Where was Samuel? He was laying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. How close is that to our Lord God? How close is that? That the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. So he went and he laid down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been, been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which both ears, uh, in Israel, at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And that day I will carry out against Eli all that I, ha- I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I told him that I am about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves, and he did not rebuke them. Therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli, the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, but Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. Then Eli called to Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, Here I am. He said, What is the word that he has spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. And may God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me from all the words that he had spoke to you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do as he seems good to him. You know, I think of a... When I hear that, I think of another man. Job. 121, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What are we to do when God has made his decisions? Nothing. It's whatever is good to the Lord. We depend on him because everything is in his hand. Sometimes we forget that. I know I do. Think that God's providence is not before us each day. I think that we can open our eyes a little bit more, read the scriptures a little bit more, lay our hearts down a little bit more, and understand that our relationship with God 
is the most important thing that we will ever know. As a matter of fact, we can't unknow it. As we go through our lives, how important is it uh, to remember this? Good times, bad times, the times in between, whatever our situations, we must joy in our service, being dependent on God alone to see us through. Laying down our petitions before Him, paying what we vow, following Christ and the love of Him and sacrifice and service until we too one day are judged by the Lord. You know, in verse 19 it says, Thus Samuel grew in the Lord and was with him, and let none of his words fail. And Israel from Dan to even Beersheba knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, because the Lord revealed himself to Samuel by Shiloh by the word of the Lord. All Israel from Dan to even Beersheba knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. What are we supposed to be? Who are we? Are we also supposed to be following Christ and be messengers of the gospel? How many people know that? From here to my house in Georgetown, how many people know that I follow God? In Savannah, I've been here 30 some odd years. People that know me and, and the people I've worked with, people that I see every day, do they know that about me? They should. They should know that I serve God. And it's us who should be raising God up in our lives every day. Through the ups and downs, it doesn't matter. Whatever state we're in, doesn't matter. We depend on God and everything will be as it is supposed to be. No matter hard, how hard or how difficult it is. Because, brethren, one day we're going to be in front of God and we're going to be judged. We only have a small lifespan now. But what was born when we were born was an eternal spirit. And one day that's going to return back to God. And what happens then is up to us. We get to choose. But we have to make that choice each and every day about who are we going to be. You know, that's a choice that people who have become Christians have to make each and every day. But it's also a choice those who are not Christians must make. If you hear the word and you believe it, you can pre- repent from who you have been. You can confess that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He came to save you. 
And then you can be baptized in the watery grave of baptism and raise up to be a new spiritual creature that follows Christ until the end of your time. And then one day, if you let that happen to you, if you let God lead your life, you can stand before Him on that day being judged and you can hear those words, good and faithful servant. Not worthless person. You say we put a lot of things on who we are in this life. What really matters is that last, that last breath because who we are then is all we got. So while we draw breath, let's seek to serve God in all things. If you're here this morning, you can respond to the gospel. If you need to respond in any way, you ask that you come forward as we stand and as we sing.